0: The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD.
1: It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host,
0: Jen Charlton. Good morning. Welcome back, everybody. It's great to be here in the studio, and I will tell you, it has been a wild couple of weeks when you look at the um, happenings in the world, and I want to express my profound concern and appreciation and and support for the people of Ukraine. You know if there's one thing we've learned is that the people can be the innocent bystanders and they can be the collateral damage. When things are going on in the world at a higher level among our leadership, among countries, the people who are damaged the most are those who are who are just trying to live their lives, you know, and they get the fallout. And so for the people of Ukraine, our hearts and prayers go out for you. We We pray that God wraps his arms around you and protects you from what's going on, because you're just trying to live your life and raise your kids and go to school and work or whatever it is that's going on. So with that is not lost on us. And, and we uh, our our thoughts and prayers are with you. That being said, there is something to deal with in the leadership of things. And I thought about it. And I said, what is it that's lacking? We talk so much about truth. We all just want to know the truth, you know. As a parent, you're, you know your son. My son comes in and he's got a smirk on his face or a, you know, a puppy dog eyes, and he, you know, okay, what happened? And he starts fabricating whatever he says to get out of it. And I'm like, just tell me the truth. I just want the truth. I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to be okay. Well, I might be disappointed. Whatever's going to go on, but. I need to know the truth in order to deal with what I need to deal with to protect you. Because my job is to protect you, right? So as parents, we do that. Leadership of organizations, um, institutions, municipalities, states, and, and nations have that same obligation to figure out the truth. And by the way, to tell the truth when they're asked. And I think that You know, as I was preparing for today, I think that the thing that we're just not dealing with well is the lack of transparency in leadership and in government. If you boil it all down, that's what we're dealing with. So I reached out to some friends and I've been talking to a lot of folks. So I wanted to deal with that. The first thing in Ukraine is trust me when I say we don't know everything. That's pretty safe to say right there's a bunch going on there and we got to sort the wheat from the shaft. and by the way we're probably never going to know everything that's why they call it a top-secret clearance and we're not in the know and that that is something that I, I wanted to kind of start to discern between when is it appropriate for people to know so they can defend themselves their lives their families and when is it inappropriate And so forth. So I reached out to Dan Cox to come in and join us because I have such high regard for Dan. Long before he made the step to run for governor, Dan and I got to know each other as, as my delegate, and he helped me navigate some really tough stuff with my business. So good morning and welcome, Dan.
1: Well, good morning, Jennifer. It's oh my, an honor, it's as always. A, it's always
0: great. It's always <laughs> great. And thank you for being in studio with us. And I know you're stepping away from your beautiful new baby. And thank you so much for being here. I thank want you. pictures. All I want right. to see pictures. So, but that being said, you know, as we look at today, we've got some time to decipher some things. And I just want to talk to you first as a dad and as a husband and as a, not as a politician, as a business owner, as an attorney What does it mean to you when we look at integrity in work, whether it's government or non-government? What does it mean to you to have that level of integrity and to deal with being truthful and transparent?
1: Well, it means everything, especially when our kids are at stake. You know, when we look at the public schools, for instance, we just had a floor debate in the legislature this past week where Republicans wanted to put amendments on some bills regarding transparency to allow The disclosure of the curriculum uh, to be published online so parents could know what their kids are being taught particularly in regards to uh, sex ed and other uh, different forms of uh, curriculum that uh, related to health and that was important because they were passing a bill to expand some of that and so we yeah it
0: seems to me parents have a right to know
1: yeah it was a simple disclosure saying look um, let's publish this on the internet on the public school webpage so that everybody all the parents can see the actual curriculum uh, not just uh, you know not just the general uh, teaching structure and goals and and uh, what have you but but the actual curriculum content that was defeated resoundingly and there was no explanation for it they just don't want the parents to actually know the curriculum which is really unfortunate and that's why I put my parental rights act in HB 618 um, because we need to get back to a society where parents are valued our kids are valued and uh, basic information is um, readily available for parents to be able to make those decisions and and ensure that we have accountability integrity and interaction because we all know that we do better as a society when we have parental interaction when we have citizens that feel involved They, they don't feel like they're in the dark they don't feel like their government is doing things in the back room they actually can play a part in the areas that, um, that matter to them. And it's, it's a common sense thing.
0: You know, what I hear is one word, accountability. Then if the parents know the teachers are accountable, why? Well, why wouldn't you want that accountability? Is because you're not telling the truth. Let's just get back to the fundamental opening, right? You know, if you've got something to hide, you're not going to put it out there. So I and of course, the critical race theory has been, you know, woven through all of this, I'm sure, because they're trying to indoctrinate a thinking into our kids. Mm-hmm. That's not OK. And frankly, it's oh, absolutely. destructive absolutely. to absolutely. Des- yes. it's destructive to society. So I, I, you know, I thought about this as we were preparing and I, that's not a partisan issue. Shouldn't no, <laughs> every Democrat, every independent, mm-hmm. every Green Party, I mean, pick one. Is going to be interested in knowing what the heck right. you're teaching my kids exactly right. So, anything more about that?
1: Well, we had a good hearing, and 50,000 moms were represented with six different groups that testified. Wow, these are Maryland moms, uh, through uh, different groups, you know, various groups around the state that have formed, and really CRT and what we saw in Virginia motivated them. I think they've come together it's like nothing I've ever seen before and they showed up and the thing that shocked them in fact I had some text messages afterwards it was a great hearing the focus was excellent it was to say look we need to have just before you know we have the um, uh, decision-making we need to be able to be in the loop you know include parents let us know what's going on and that's not to say the parents are gonna have veto authority but at least they have opt-out authority if they don't like something and they can also play a part in, in influencing those decisions in an appropriate forum. Well, the the individuals that were opposed to it were precisely the reason the parents showed up. They all texted me and said, you couldn't have made it clearer why we need this bill. Because the people that were opposed um, were just, you know, and this is, and I believe everyone's made in the image of God. And we respect everyone because of that. They have the stamp of God's Creative love upon them, every person. Um, But that doesn't mean we accept lifestyles. And lifestyle choices were present, and the indoctrination was there. Uh, The sexualization of the curriculum was front and center. It was very shocking. Um, The parents, the moms were shocked that the the sole opponent to the bill uh, were transgender uh, male married to transgender female. And while we respect every individual, like I said, their goal was to prevent the parents from knowing what was being taught to the children. And just, th- that's just not appropriate.
0: Well, but there's also something like we're, so, we're shifting all of society to support a very small segment of society right. that we all have to adjust to what your choices are. I, right. I don't think that's right. We can, like you say, we can respect other human beings. I don't care. But don't make my world have to morph to fit your world right okay that's not my freedoms being acknowledged and appreciated exactly. and respected Absolutely not. uh nor is it back to your point about parental rights mm-hmm. your right to supersede my rights as a parent right you don't get to do that exactly so you know last week this is great because last week we ran a story on mama bears <laughs> so this is you, you know we try to have a you know, a rhyme or reason Excellent. to the shows back to back. So you can't, you couldn't have picked this better. But um, so when you look, Dan, at Annapolis, and I, I think that one thing we have to do, and I, I've looked at this for the last number of years that I've cared about politics. And Annapolis, you know, we talk about the cabal or the swamp in D.C., and it's crystal clear that it exists. You know, when you look at the one in Annapolis, it's pretty thick. And mucky, and I've heard stories over the years where Democrats were in back hallways in Annapolis being given a talking to if they weren't in line with what the party said was the way it was going to go. I'm pretty sure that the people who voted for whoever those individuals were mm-hmm. didn't sign up for them to be coerced mm-hmm. or blackmailed into stepping into line to support some ideology. They 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 hired them for the gig because they liked their thinking. Right. So how do you and I guess as as a delegate but also as an attorney, you know, how do you sort out this this difference between when is it coercion versus when is it convincing? Mm -hmm. When is it blackmail? Or you're just convinced that this is the best choice and decision based on the information you've now received. When is it not, I'm knuckling you, Mm -hmm. or I'm not funding you, which is more importantly what they say, I'll never give you another red cent from the Democrat Party unless you do X, Y, Z? Well,
1: it's even worse than that.
0: All right, go ahead.
1: So, I mean, if you don't vote a certain way, your district won't receive the infrastructure funding that it needs. It, It won't receive necessarily the special uh, important projects like opioid relief centers and things like that that the taxpayers um really need help with because of the the different issues that arise in the districts and so if you don't vote a certain way all of a sudden there goes your um you know your outreach center to to stop the uh, the suicides that we that we see happening those are the kinds of deals that are made and in some ways it's politics as usual but in many ways it's it's a little worse a lot of people tell me why don't the Republicans stick together like the Democrats? You know, the Democrats are like, they're always locked step, and barrel together. And and the Republicans are sometimes, you know, disunified. They vote different ways. and, I, Wait, and I free, say
0: free thinkers. That's
1: free. That's yeah, freedom. Right. That's because we don't put the screws to people. We say, look, this is the way we see it. As a party, we think these are the principles. But if you have a conscience issue, if you think it, you know, differently, you're free to vote your conscience. You're free to vote for your constituents in, in that capacity. And so... I, I, I see it. The Democrat Party has a problem with this, unfortunately. And we have a lot of friends across the aisle, in my committee even. And uh, we'll have some of them say, well, look, you know, we love your amendment. You know, the Republican amendment to the Democrat bill. This is a perfect example. A lot of times Republicans are accused of not working across the aisle. Well, that's just not the case. We have to work across the aisle because we don't get anything passed unless we do. And so we'll put an amendment up and we'll say, here's a great amendment that's bipartisan. And that everybody should be able to agree to. And and the Democrats will say, oh, we like that amendment. But they'll pull the four or five swing voters that might support us, they'll pull them in the back room. And they'll say, that's a Republican amendment. Don't you dare vote for it. We'll,
0: that's disgusting. We'll
1: get our own amendment.
0: That's disgusting. We're going to take a quick break <laughs> on that note and try and clear our head from the disgusting cabal that occurs. In Annapolis, there are people who use their influence and power and purse to modify the thinking of their opponents and frankly the vote so how do we as constituents get to sort out the what's going on in annapolis so that it actually fairly represents us and what we what we chose and, uh, and I, and I want to say this if you're a Democrat listening, and I know Democrats listen because they're trying to figure out how to trash me, but that's okay. Uh, if you're a Democrat listening or you're an independent, consider that your voice matters. And one of the things you said in between segments was mm-hmm. get people to call in, write in, email. Because your voice matters. Say more about that, Dan.
1: Well, sure. That's exactly um, what I wanted to share was that um, people need to be encouraged that their voices do matter in Annapolis. We're at the critical point here um, nearing what they call crossover this month, where the bills will be required in order to pass and become law have to cross over to the Senate. and The Senate bills have to cross over to the House. And this is an important point, because if there are sincere and serious problems with bills, this is when voices matter. Because you can kill the bill in the House or the Senate before it crosses over. Number one. Number two, you can go directly to the chairperson of the committee as well as the bill sponsor, and uh, make your voices known. And when that happens, you can then uh, present the testimony, present the objections, and if a large enough numbers of people do that, it raises the attention of of the chair of the party and and of the um, individuals involved in the bills and and of the different committees so it matters and i've had this happen we had a i'll give you an example there was an attempt uh, in 2019 before this whole pandemic um you know was uh, uh began in 2020 they had a piece of legislation in the senate to remove the religious vaccine exemptions because in maryland you don't have to your kids don't have to be vaccinated according to the school plan you can opt out by based upon religion or or medical issues or how your doctor you know with your beliefs, some um, guides you in that and they had a bill to remove the religious exemption and over a thousand parents emailed into that committee and said hold on a minute there are a lot of people of religious faith in Maryland that uh, like to be very careful about which vaccines they choose because of their faith and the the bill sponsor heard the message and she pulled the bill so it does matter
0: well and I will say here on success happens I remember Getting uh, there were two incidences. One was the idea of turning Maryland into a sanctuary state, Mm -hmm. and Senator Ron Young put that bill forward about the same time a young lady was raped by two individuals, boys, men, Mm -hmm. in Rockville in a high school. Yeah, and we got on that here and raised Cain, and you all the listeners responded. And I think it's people like us, and I'm Mm going to say, you know, I don't like to toot my horn much, but, you know, I think this is the purpose of this show, is to be able to say, wait, that's not okay, and you all need to let them know so, and when you do, things happen. And they canceled that. Mm -hmm. Then another one, um, when they were going to tax services, Mm -hmm. I got Bill Dodson on the phone. (laughs) He drove up from Charles County. I think he was in studio. Anyway. And we together did that show, and we knocked it out of the park because we're just not going to take this kind of abuse of power. Right. Right. And we have to be the accountability partner. We've got to be the checks and balances. We the people. Exactly.
1: That's yeah. precisely why I'm running for governor. Coxforfreedom.com. dot com. You can actually see the five main contract for Maryland points. And what I'm doing, one of the things I'm raising is exactly what you're talking about, the issue of illegal immigration coming in. They're literally, we're one of three states that flies unvetted border people uh, that are coming across the border, flying them in, and it's, it's a catch and release program right here in Maryland. They release them, and many times they've turned out to be very dangerous people. It's not a good thing. We need to make sure we secure our borders, and the way we do that, I think, is we bring accountability, we bring light to these issues. Sometimes the politicians don't like that, but that's... That's our process. You know, you sign up for the job. I, had some, I remember I had one senator recently yelling at me on the phone, how dare you, uh, you know, oppose my bill? And I was like, well, look, I'm, I'm giving you a private courtesy call first, um, not wanting to oppose your bill publicly, but it's so bad that if you know if if you fix don't it. consider it and fix it you know I might have to talk about it publicly cuz you're going to force me to vote on it i mean what do you expect you're you're elected to be accountable to the people <laughs> so those are the kinds that of things Was that a shocking
0: that we, revelation for that individual I think
1: it was i think it was
0: honestly Oh my gosh so
1: anyway. politicians yeah. got to
0: love them i, I just want to put in that we the people are are really rising up and i And frankly, we're getting more involved and we're becoming the accountability partner that we should have been long ago. We kind of washed our hands because things were good and we trusted people and he seemed nice. He kissed my baby. You know, he loves grandma or she. And and we we bought into this notion that the individual in front of us, that politician, was the same person who was going to vote consistent to what they tell me six months from now or a year and a half from now. And, you know, I'm going to say it uh, because, and we'll talk about this after the break, but when we all voted for Hogan twice, we had a particular point of view. Open for business. Mm -hmm. That was a big thing. Yes. Hogan, Maryland's open for business Mm -hmm. until COVID. You know, this whole idea that we're going to, you know, um, we're going to be prosperous we're gonna have more money in our pockets what happened to fighting corporate taxes right what happened to this is a good place to retire not so much I have Mm -hmm. so many friends who have left Maryland with their money Mm -hmm. and their guns Mm -hmm. and their military reputation because they can't live in Maryland anymore that's not the Maryland I signed up for when I voted for Hogan twice. You're listening to Success Happens. I want to take a a quick break, but I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Deanovich and Associates and Flamingo Pool Supplies. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. And we want to talk next about money in Maryland. And it's come to my attention, and I'm certainly not the money guru, but It's come to my attention, Dad mentioned, he's here in studio with us, uh, that there's a $6.3 billion surplus in Maryland now. Is that correct?
1: That's right. The comptroller just stated that yesterday to breakfast in Annapolis.
0: Now, so they can brag about that. But I think it's important to, first of all, look at where did the money come from? And when you have that kind of surplus, frankly, I think you're being irresponsible because what you should be doing is refunding Marylanders. Mm Mm-hmm and reinstating some of the financial loss that people have endured particularly in the business domain and um you know i saw recently a campaign letter from somebody we all know and it said well we're keeping maryland financially you know solvent or financially well um I don't want to go through what I went through over the last two years, again, for you to tell me I'm financially well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the cost has been enormous. I talk to clients all the time at my gym. So we have a new gym, Total Fitness at South River. We are very excited about where we're going. It's our new brand. And I talked to somebody just yesterday who lost three people. The point is, this woman has endured so much. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about we're financially well, let's first of all talk about where did the money come from, follow the money, mm-hmm. and two, consider that the enormous costs on humanity far exceed the money in your bank account in Annapolis. So talk, right. let's talk about that, Dan. First of all, where did that money come from?
1: Well, first of all, President Trump, you may recall, uh, passed a national tax cut. Maryland was one of the few states that refused to pass that along to the people and that turned out to be over 1 billion dollars in tax relief for the people that went straight into the Maryland government general fund coffers that's a billion dollars right there
0: I'm going to call it into the cabal coffers
1: <laughs> there you go then we had a huge covid windfall i don't know the exact number but it's somewhere probably close to about 4 billion that came into the coffers just from covid relief in addition to all the other funding that we've received that was pretty much, in my view, a Biden payoff to Maryland uh, because, as you know, our governor um, supported the uh, presidency and uh, in the in- installation of Biden. He went down. He was one of the first governors to welcome him to the White House. The end result of that was... Um, we you know what received- they say
0: down south, Dan? they say, God bless <laughs> his little heart. God bless his little heart. Yeah,
1: so... It did result in a in a nice little chunk coming into Maryland. So there's another four billion or so. So that puts us to five. And then we had, um, you know, additional uh, different fundings. And um, I think the what happened during the pandemic too, when you shut down all the small businesses, which was horrific. What happened was the big box stores made windfalls, and so they actually had a good year. So you have that additional tax flow.
0: Yeah, and Walmart was bubbling oh over my with heads. cash.
1: It sure was. And so when you combine all that, you come up with some pretty hefty, uh, nice, uh, in-the-black money. It's real money. And sadly, we you know this week, Republicans tried. We tried hard to uh, um, address the Democrat attempt to um, make it appear as if they're doing a sales tax cut for things like diapers um, and baby supplies, which is nice supplies for people like me, maybe, <laughs> but, you know, won't really help the average family much because we're talking about pennies and dollars rather than real tax refund um, and, um, and real tax assistance. And so when you have the, the opportunity, when you see the pumps right now, okay, we're at the fuel pump and we see almost every day it goes up another 10, 20 cents. Oh my account. gosh.
0: I paid $60 yeah. to fill up my car I right. an SUV. That was outrageous. And if I'm and I'm going up and down to Annapolis every day for my gym or yeah. three or four times a week, That's it's killing me. Yeah. I mean, financially, the numbers are real.
1: Go ahead. And so, yeah, so I, I put in two bills. Uh, one would be an immediate tax relief for the motor fuel credit so you would have zero tax as a holiday for the rest of this year, pretty much. That would provide um, an immediate uh, 15 to 20 cents a gallon, or excuse me, it's more than that, um, a total of every fill up would be fifteen to twenty dollars per person. That's huge. Immediate. So, in other words, instead of your sixty bucks, you'd be you know saving a, a good chunk of money, possibly down to twenty bucks off of that. So, that would be an immediate help that we could do. And I'm fine if if the Democrats want to take my bill and steal it. That's great, because I care about making sure people have the relief at the pump immediately. That's and then the other one is this. And um, let me CPI just put, hold on,
0: hold that thought, sure. and let's just keep putting in. That's a nonpartisan, right. bipartisan yes. issue. It is. This isn't Dan being a, you know, you get accused nope. all the time of being an ultra-conservative right-wing mm-hmm. nut. Nope. That's everyday people yeah. across the aisle and across the state who need this help.
1: Well, interestingly, I, I'm at odds with the Attorney General on most things because he's so far left.
0: Oh, my gosh, yes. But
1: he put a letter of support. So one of the highest health care costs in our state for the average person, they pay over $16,000 out of pocket annually, is insulin. It's outrageous. So I have a cap bill in for $30 for 30-day supply. And it has bipartisan support, huge Republican support, and uh, amazing Democrat support, including the attorney general. And so that's a bill that if people really got on the um, on the committee about releasing and putting for a vote, that would be perfect to pass and help people that have medical needs immediately in, during this time.
0: Okay, so what's the ask to people to get that done?
1: Well, they just need to write into the HDO, uh, Health and Government Operations Committee, and say, please support that insulin bill, and uh, let's get it out for a vote, let's pass it. And I can give you the number here if I can pull it up quickly while we're talking, but while we're while we're you know looking at tax relief, I mean, there's quite a bit, Republicans are doing a lot this year to demonstrate the fact that we need immediate tax relief. And what are the Democrats doing? It's very unfortunate that they're playing politics. They're going around and saying, "Okay, so let's let's give you a one cent, uh, one one penny, you know, per sales tax uh, for certain items." That turns out to be, um, you know, in the vast scheme of things, very little bit for for the average person. Very very hardly a, a dent in their you know in their weekly <laughs> earnings. Um, we need real tax relief. Republicans and I have a bill in to help senior citizens have, you know, sin- you know, serious uh, property tax relief. We're chasing, like you mentioned, Jennifer. We're chasing our seniors out of this, out of the state because they can go to Tennessee, they can go to Florida, they can go to North Carolina, and they don't have to pay any death tax, pay any income tax, and they are um, saving on their senior retirement. Taxes. Well, and a well lot of times uh,
0: people have been in, if they're if they're at retirement age, mm-hmm. they may have been in those homes for 20, 30 years, and now the values have escalated, mm-hmm. but their income has not. And so now they are, and we actually face this with a family member, they're mm-hmm. priced out of the property tax on that property. Yes. So they've got to figure out how to pay that property tax every year, or they get ousted. So I agree with you. There's something to do in terms Mm -hmm. of protecting seniors from that escalating cost. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: So these are practical things that are bipartisan that we can move forward and and find uh, joint support on the House bill uh, that I mentioned with insulin. Uh, The thirty dollar cap for 30 days is House Bill 1355. It had tremendous support on both sides of the aisle. It just needs to have the Republicans um, get behind in that committee. In the HGO, I believe it's in HGO, uh, they need to get behind uh, pushing to get this out.
0: Who are the individuals? <clears throat> Can you name the names?
1: Uh, that are on the committee? Yeah,
0: that, that we need to focus on who aren't getting our message.
1: <laughs> well, I, I would focus on, on both the Democrats and Re- and Republicans there. The, the, chair, uh, the chairwoman um, needs to hear from everyone. She tends to uh, listen if she hears from a lot of people. Her, her name okay. is uh, Delegate Shane Pendergrass. And uh, you can go to Health and Government Operations Committee on the Maryland State Legislature's website and you can see how to contact her. The vice chair is uh, Joseline A. Pena Melnick, delegate. And uh, their information and contact is right there on the General Assembly's website for the Health and Government Operations Committee. Now, the Republicans on that committee need to hear from us as well to say, look, this is a good bill. Let's put some pressure on the committee chair and the vice chair to put this to a vote. Because, sadly, a lot of times most Republican bills get killed for one reason and one reason only. They have an R next to the bill. It's called Republican. It's somebody that, you know, they don't want to give credit for. And, look, at the end of the day, I just want this to pass. So if they don't like me, if they don't like the fact I'm a Republican... And they steal my bill.
0: And you're running for governor. That's a double whammy. Well, see,
1: this is an an opportunity. I tell my Democrat friends this is an opportunity for them uh, to show bipartisanship. Because here I am uh, running, uh, you know, not with the Republican, some of the Republican Party establishments backing, certainly with the people's backing. And it's an opportunity for the Democrats to reach across and say, look, this is something we can join together in. And get something done for maryland and it would be immediate and and helpful i mean there's when i saw the numbers on this the type 1 and type 2 diabetes numbers are the highest um, average out-of-pocket expense of any medical um, cost for people in maryland
0: yeah there's definitely something in terms of the pharmaceutical i mean that's a whole nother show about the abuses of profitability by pharmaceutical companies. And when the ACA happened, and I know this firsthand because I was running Mission of Mercy, when the ACA kicked in, in the fall of, I think it was 2012, that um, this, the affordable medicines mm-hmm. that were in a loophole, so people were, had access to the indigent drug program if they were uninsured. So many people were uninsured. Well, when they got into the ACA and they were forced into insurance, which for some people was a good thing if they didn't have insurance for the poverty stricken to have access to care. But that, uh, loophole closed and they no longer had access to psych meds that are very expensive to uh, sleeping aids that are very expensive that go along with mental health and also the uh, the insulin diabetics and and also uh, the other thing that's very expensive for people is for people with asthma Mm -hmm. the inhalers yes very expensive So if somebody has severe asthma, Mm -hmm. you know, they're really sunk because they've got to incur those costs. But I want to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens. I have with me today Dan Cox, candidate for governor. It is so great to have you here and talking about these issues and particularly during legislature. And you guys, you're the voice of Maryland. Not Dan, not me. Mm -hmm. You know, you, the people have to get involved i can't say it enough right now it's more important than ever that the that the leadership and the people in power get that really you're the ones with the voice you're the ones with the power you're the ones with the social media uh outlets and you're willing to use them you're listening to success happens and we'll be right back good morning and welcome back to success happens this is jen and i have with me today dan cox candidate for governor in this great state of Maryland and Dan it is such an honor to to have you here running for governor but also to have you as a friend and I appreciate you and, and your family going through what you're going through because oh, it's it's an all-in right yes. everybody's in <laughs> and uh, and your daughter's been running your campaign you're working with people everybody's just awesome so and your beautiful bride I want to talk because we don't have a lot of time but we've got a lot to cover I want to talk about, first of all, um, we were talking offline, and I want to mention everybody, Google and find, and you can find it in the Amazon IMDb, called The Plot Against the President. Mm -hmm. I want you to go and listen to that. Watch that video, guys. It is over an hour long. It will blow your mind. The Plot Against the President. It has Devin Nunez. It has Cash Patel. They talk about uh, Jim Jordan, Congressman Jordan. Uh, It talks about how they unraveled what's been going on. And right now, the Durham report is coming out with some findings. And let me just say that the world is in a shift. And what's going on in Ukraine, as horrific as it is, may uh not be unrelated to what we're dealing with here in u.s and it's important to keep a perspective on things and i uh, one other thing i want to wrap to you had said something about our our sovereignty we talk about ukraine and their sovereignty our sovereignty matters also and you mentioned the southern border and they need to seal up that southern border because we don't have uh uh an obligation to take care of anybody else before we take care of our people. And, right. and those who are here in U.S. deserve our attention and our support. That's right. Now, let's go to CPAC. You are at CPAC. Dan has hit the national stage, you guys. He was on with Right Side Broadcasting. It was a great interview. I loved it. I was right. so excited for you. Tell us about it.
1: Well, CPAC was obviously exciting. I mean, had a lot of national people there, heard the president, uh, you know, just energized the crowd. I mean, it was unbelievable. I think probably 5,000 people in that room packed. There is, uh, I think we're going to hear something soon about the president's uh, intentions, uh, the 45's uh, intention maybe to be 47. We'll see. Um, I believe that's From your
0: lips to God's ears. I I, I
1: think it's coming. I think it's coming soon. But one of the things that is um, foremost in our minds and that we discussed in detail and we heard a lot about at CPAC was the election integrity issue and the fact that um, if we don't fix our elections, we don't have a country, just like the border. I mean, there's, those are the two main issues right now, uh, among many other important issues. They
0: define us.
1: They do. And so when you look at what happened, um, there's a great movie coming out this spring that we learned about called 2,000 Mules. It really kind of gave me the chills when I, when I saw the preview of it because it demonstrated a system that I actually witnessed in Philadelphia and it kind of brought it together and gave perspective on what was going on had no idea there were explain thousands. what a mule is so thousands of people paid by the democrat party and and others i don't i want to see the movie to see who's exactly well we know that
0: Zuckerberg people. and there's a whole big thing oh, yeah. out right now with Zuckerberg exactly. funding and right. i think it's i think it's going to be campaign finance law it uh, should uh, be. abuses it but should be. yeah he's millions to yes. these local people to run these yeah cabal operations go ahead
1: and, and it had it had two two aspects to it one would be the aspect that Zuckerberg put these huge machines in uh, the buildings to literally scan and, and tabulate based upon an algorithm as to uh, whether or not to accept or reject the ballots and whether or not to accept and reject the signatures because remember these mail-in ballots were never it was unprecedented and they did not follow the law because you had to have affidavit signatures on the envelopes. Many times they were separated, the ballots were separated out, so you couldn't verify the signatures, and and you couldn't challenge that ballot because the signatures weren't there. Um, But the other aspect of this was they hired thousands of people to go and and follow up on these mail-in ballots, to go to every door, to collect them. And in some cases, um, there's been evidence of of actually um, fraudulently signing for people Um, There's been uh, people arrested over some of these issues. And what happened was they they had thousands of people gathering ballots, illegally harvesting them. And they were the so-called mules carrying these thousands of ballots against state law. State laws in every swing state say you have to vote one person. And yet these people were carrying thousands of ballots and dumping them in all of these uh, little mobile collection centers so you ha- you would have videos of people even taking selfies of themselves dumping hundreds and hundreds of ballots in at a time cuz
0: that's how they verified to get paid
1: yeah that's how they got they paid
0: they had to do a picture of mm-hmm. them actually dumping the ballots in the box now the the idea of harvesting is a mm-hmm. gathering of it and you said something and we got to just kind of mm-hmm. make it clear it's not we must be one person, one vote, right? That's right? But when you have an apartment that has, I don't know, 20 people voting mm-hmm. in a capacity, your your rental company would never allow you to have 20 people in there. That right. would vi- violate all sorts of their codes. But yet 20 ballots can come out of there right. to vote for Biden.
1: Exactly. And that's what was going on. And we have evidence of that. We're seeing it now. And this movie uh, it intends to expose some of that. And there's also evidence going on. We, we see it right now in arizona wisconsin
0: wisconsin the hearing was amazing yeah. I, I listened to it oh my goodness that that special uh counsel or, or prosecutor i don't know mm-hmm. if he's a prosecutor uh was very very good um, calling
1: for the decertification of the calling for the there.
0: decertification and they actually said there one of the uh legislators mm-hmm. in wisconsin said well we don't think that you can decertify so they had already made a decision preempting any sort of pro you know and one thing dad has said often is you cannot have in the presence of fraud dad in the presence of fraud what is it you say anything any judicial decision in the presence of fraud is void ab initio it never happened it's false you just strike it and start over and you can go back 30 years of necessary no statute limitations either that's that's what it ought to be it just isn't because of the course they can't stand the fact that they got to go back that far right and there's no mechanism for it but that's a serious problem that's yeah. all and in election we've always thank you dad we've always justified it by saying oh but there's always a little bit of right. uh, election fraud so let's talk we've just got a couple minutes Dan mm-hmm. when we look at Annapolis Right. And we look at the fraud that's occurred, and we know that election integrity issues exist across the state of Maryland. Whether mm-hmm. they want to admit it or not, mm-hmm. whether the election board at the state level or in the local uh, county levels want to admit it, there is right. election fraud in Maryland. We know that it's happened in Baltimore City. Absolutely. We know that that's happened. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when people, back to what we talked about earlier, are in Annapolis saying, look, you better vote the way I want you to vote or else, mm-hmm. you got thugs running things. So mm-hmm. to wrap it up, you're mm-hmm. running for governor. Yes. What are you going to do different in mm-hmm. Annapolis? And I, I, you've just got one minute to kind of do that. So
1: everybody can go to coxforfreedom.com and you can see more of my positions there and also connect to the campaign because what we're asking is right now, for some reason, our state has issued... Uh, invitations uh, for applications for ballots so they've sent out all of these millions of applications of ballots and many of them are fraudulent for instance people that have died 15 years ago people that lived in the house you know five years ago and moved and verified their and re-registered in another state and yet they're still on the uh, what on the do rolls. people
0: do if they get one of these if ballots? They
1: get those, we're asking that they first of all file a complaint with their local election board secondly they send me that information to the campaign because we're compiling all of that right now we're gonna have you know every county is going to be reviewed and and making sure that they're not sending out all of these solicitations that are illegal number two uh, we're going to provide accountability and You know, If we need to file suit, we will, but um, that's during the election process. That's why I have bills in for manual tabulation. We've got to get back to making sure that we have a secure count.
0: Okay, everybody, you heard it here. We're going to straighten out Maryland one vote at a time. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. See you next week, 9 a.m., right here. Have a great week.
1: Thanks so much.